Uh, good morning, everyone. For me, it's, it's a privilege and a joy to be here in front of you, uh, sharing again from the Word of God. And today, uh, I want to uh, share some ideas that the Lord has placed on my heart while I was studying uh, Romans 6 as part of our ongoing study of the book of Romans. Uh, so I hope uh, this will enrich your heart and enrich your relationship with God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, before I start, I would like to make a, a, a quick recap of what Paul has been telling us in, uh, in this, the, uh, from chapter 1 to chapter 5. So, I will quickly go through those points before I jump into Romans 6. So, basically, what he, he's been saying from the beginning is that salvation, salvation which is the, basically um, the, the redemption, the deliverance from the consequence of sin, the justification, the fact that in the court of justice of God you have been declared innocent. The righteousness, which is your uprightness before God, all this is a gift. And as I, as I, and as I was sharing with the family group this week, a gift is something that you don't work for it. It's a gift. You don't have to do anything to, uh, to get it you only open your arms and receive it. If you were to do something to get this gift, it will not be called any longer a gift. It will be a payment, a reward for your uh, performance. So salvation is not, doesn't have anything to do with your performance. It's the free gift of God. It's something that He freely has given us. You don't, you don't need to do anything to deserve the gift of righteousness, his salvation, his justification, his love. So just all we have to do is just receive it. And the fact that it's a gift doesn't mean it's cheap. It costs the blood of his son Jesus Christ. It was a very expensive gift, the most costly gift in the universe, I will tell. God the Father has declared you righteous based not on your obedience, but on Jesus' obedience. And Romans 5, this is what he says again and again and again, up to Romans 5, especially in these verses. You are declared righteous based not in your obedience or your performance, but on Jesus' obedience. When God is looking at, at you to bless you, He's not looking at your performance. He's looking at Jesus as, because you are one with Jesus. You're being hidden in Christ. When, when God, God wants to bless you, He looks at His Son and He says, Yes, He deserves my son, my daughter, deserves to be blessed, deserves my, my, my provision, my love, my protection, my abundance. Because his sacrifice is uh, because he's looking at Jesus' obedience, which is perfect. And his obedience is your obedience. Your performance, as I say again, cannot add or take away from Jesus' obedience. 
you think that because today or uh, this morning you did something wrong, you shout to your wife, or you did something that you shouldn't be doing, or you say something you, you, now you are regretting saying it. Don't think that because of that God is leaving you. God always is with you. God will never depart from you. He is Emmanuel, God with us all the time. He will never depart from you. In the Old Testament, it, it, that's what happened. When you committed sin, God departed from you. But we are no longer in the, in, under the old covenant. We are under the new covenant, the covenant of grace. Your sacrifice, Jesus, has made you perfect. So, so your, your sin will never take the presence of the Lord away from you. The Holy Spirit is always with you, always. He will never leave you, never forsake you. You cannot undo your righteousness, or else sin is greater than your righteousness. What does this mean? Your righteousness is a gift. You are righteous as, as far as God is concerned. Every time he looks at you, he looks through the eyes of his son. And when he sees you, he sees his son. And he sees you perfect, all together. All together lovely, all together righteous. So if you commit sin yesterday, or today you may fail and say a lie or did something wrong, something that you shouldn't be doing, regardless of that, that doesn't take away your status. You are still righteous. You are always righteous. And you, when you receive Jesus in, in, in your heart as your Lord and Savior, when you have received and accept Him as your sacrifice for your sins, you will always that will be your permanent status. You are righteous. No matter what you do, once saved, you will always be safe. You can never lose your salvation. Never, ever. You will always be a son. You will always be a daughter. Just because your son doesn't behave today, he stops being your son. No, he will always be your son or your daughter regardless of their choices in life. They, you will always love them. You will always support them. If you do that, how much more the Father? He will always be with you. What the second Adam did, he is, uh, Paul is talking in, in, in Romans 5, that the second Adam is Jesus. And what he did on the cross was greater than what the first Adam did. Basically, everything that is wrong in this world, everything that is reproachable, everything that is bringing suffering, pain, is because of what the first Adam did. He brought sin and all the consequences of sin we are still suffering today. But what the second Adam did, Jesus was even great, it was greater, greater because he took our place on the cross. We don't need to be punished for our sins. He has received the punishment. He has received the fear judgment of God. He consumed all the wrath of and God's anger and God's justice was, was fulfilled on, in his body. So, so our sin will never take, will, our sin will never uh, undo what Jesus did on the cross.
And it's for the last thing before we proceed. For God to condemn someone who has received Jesus that will be unrighteous. Uh, this is something in, in, in called the law of double jeopardy. A person cannot be judged twice or prosecuted twice for the, or for the same crime. So as far as God, God, when he punished Jesus on the cross, he punished Jesus for all our sins, past, present, and future transgressions from all of us, were punished and judged in the body of Jesus Christ when he hung on that cross and when he died. So for God to punish you today because you did something wrong, that will be unrighteous from his side because he already punished that sin that you commit on the body of Jesus. So never think for a minute that God is withholding his blessings or God is ready to punish you or punish a nation because of their behavior because that is a lie. That is not right and that is not biblical. God punished the, all the sins of the world in the body of Jesus Christ. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord, all you, 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 don't, you will not be judged again for a sin. Never, ever again. Because Jesus was your perfect sacrifice. He was your substitute. Because, uh, and because of Paul was saying this, uh, he was so stern and strong in doing, in doing these affirmations. Some people was, were questioning him with these kind of questions. What shall, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he answers immediately, certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Is the people normally that make uh, this kind of affirmation, they don't know what is sin and what is grace. They don't really measure up what is sin. Sin is a serious matter. As I said before, everything that is wrong in this world is because of sin. Many people, that, many people don't, don't measure that sin is a, is a life and death matter. It is, it's really important. It's, is really fundamental for, uh, for if we want to have uh, a good life. So, in a sense, when he also he says this is ridiculous. It's like being uh, being uh, healthy and being strong and wanted to be sick and wanted to have cancer or any form of infirmity so you can go to the doctor and enjoy the healing process. Who enjoys the healing process? Who enjoys going to the doctor, suffering the pain, uh, suffer from fever, suffer from weaknesses? No one, no, I think no one in this room will say, yes, I want to be, uh, I want to be sick so I can enjoy the benefits of being, uh, to, uh, to go to the doctor. No one wants that. We, we, we all want to be healthy, we all want to be strong. So this is how ridiculous it sounds, this affirmation. So basically, what, he, what we have basically is what is sin and what is grace. What is sin or sin consciousness? Sin, obviously, 
is, commit, uh, is failing to God, or to be sin conscious is to be is to be always thinking: Am I performing well for God? Am I doing my best uh, my best to honor God? Am I doing my best to be a good Christian? This is sin consciousness. Basically, what you are doing is placing yourself under uh, under this work mentality. I have to perform. I have to be better. I have to be, like self improvement. But that attitude brings the curse. When you place yourself under the law, that brings the curse. And what is the curse? Disease, suffering, pain, weakness, lack, sadness, depression, and finally, all this leads to physical death. That is sin. So, it's a, so sin is a serious matter. Sin, sin, don't take it lightly. Don't say, ah, boys will be boys, and they always do bad things, and we just, uh, uh, we have to just basically swap everything under the carpet, and nothing has happened. No, sin is serious because it affects your life. It shortens your life. It makes your life miserable. It makes your life something that you don't want to have. But what do we have under grace? What do we have when, when we receive Jesus? When we receive that righteousness that comes by faith and not by my performing. Okay. Under grace, we have bring, uh, we, uh, brings favor and protection. When you have the grace of God, you have, when you have the unmerited favor of the Lord Jesus Christ, it brings favor and protection. You are protected under the shadow of your wings. You don't fear death. You don't fear something wrong coming on your way. It brings healing. When you are under grace, the, the will of God is for you to be healthy, to be strong. It brings peace. And peace is not just having a, rela a relaxed uh, uh, state of mind. Peace entails everything in your life, entails well-being, and entails relief, entails to, to be strong, to be, entails also to have to be provided for, you will never lack anything, entails that you are happy because God is, whatever happened in your life, you will know that God is always working everything on your favor. It's well-being, He wants you, that is peace. To, to be well in every aspect in your life, family life, world life, personal life. And basically, grace brings abundant and eternal life. Life here, he wants you to enjoy life here, and he wants you to have eternal life. Live forever. Okay, we progress with the second, with the section. For we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. So basically Paul proceeds to explain that we have been united in Jesus' death and we also are united with him on his resurrection. So what does this mean? What, what does it mean to be united with Jesus' death and with Jesus' resurrection? So basically, you being buried. So stop digging for bones. The past is the past. Stop regretting the things that could have been and it hasn't. Stop regretting the bad choices. That is the old man, just buried. It's buried. As Jesus was buried, you are the old man was buried with Christ. 
we were united equally with Jesus on his death. Think about when a person dies, all the things related to that person dies with them. All their debts are dead, all their infirmities, all their afflictions, all their struggles, everything that was robbing the peace dies die with someone die, uh, when, when someone is dead. It's the same with Jesus. And you were united with him, with Jesus. So whatever is troubling you, whatever is, is, is stealing away from you the peace, whatever is your problem, whatever is your anxiety, whatever is, 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 is taking you out of that abundant life that he wants you to have, is dead. Is dead. Because you, were, you, because you died with Jesus on the cross. Again, the old man, the old man was also crucified with Jesus. The old man represented, represented the flesh, represents that, those struggles, those things that you want to change in your life, but you cannot do it by yourself. Represents those uh, bad habits, represents those, um, when, the things that enslave you to, uh, to bad behaviors, uh, like if you are a smoker, or if you have a problem with drugs, if you are an addict, your addictions also were crucified on the cross. Everything that was a drug in your life has been crucified, has been crucified on the cross. The old man, the slave of sin. Jesus died to sin once and for all, and saved you. So you don't need to bring... So everything, all those things I've been talking about, all those bad habits, all the old man has been died, is dead, is dead. As Jesus died once for you, you also die with him. You don't need to bring, you don't need to go back and try to resurrect that man because he's dead. As far as God is concerned, he's dead. Need to hurry up. <laughs> okay. So we are also, as we has been, so in the same manner that we have been dead with Jesus, we also have been resurrected with Jesus. So we have been raised from the dead in the newness of, of, of life. So start looking forward. Stop looking behind and now start looking forward. How bright is your future with the Lord? How he, he has, the dreams that God has for you, are nothing compared with your dreams. They exceed above and beyond. So start looking forward with expectation, with hope. There is a, future, a bright future for you ahead. We are united equally with Jesus on his resurrection life. So as Jesus, 1 John 4:17 says that as Jesus is, Right now, so are we in this world. As Jesus has been resurrected from the dead, as death doesn't have power over Jesus, so are we. As Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father with God, so are we. As Jesus doesn't suffer from lack, as Jesus doesn't suffer from hunger, so are we. As Jesus is seated, is seated. he's not even standing in heaven, he's seated because his work was finished. As far as God, as God is concerned, he's job is finished so he's sitting resting and he's looking at how god placed all the enemies under his feet so are you you are seated with christ and all you have to do is rest in his finished work and see how he placed all your enemies all your problems under your feet
So you're a new man. You're a new creation. You can, you, once you are born, you cannot be unborn. You, and once you are born, that's your that, that, is your, that is your nature. So you cannot say, no, I, I, I wish I could. And you cannot go back to your mother's womb and try to be unborn because that, that's not possible. It's the same with you. It's the same with all of us. We have been born again. So we have to rejoice that we are a new creation. We are a new man. Regardless of what you see, even if you don't have it, you don't see it, if you don't have it all together, you have to believe that you are a new man. Because the, the way that you believe is the, determines the way that you will live. If you believe right, if you believe that, that you are a new creation, that you have it all together with Christ, that you are complete with Christ, that you don't lack anything as long as Jesus is with you. If you believe and remember this truth in your life every day, you will start seeing in your life that because when you believe right, you will start to live right. Jesus dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. And for this effect, death doesn't have dominion over you either. So for the believer, there is no death. When you read the, you read the letters, the believer goes to sleep, but he never dies. And some of us will live and remain alive till his second coming. But there is no death for the believer. There is no physical death. There, there is no death in the sense that uh, you will die for God. No, we sleep. Paul says that we, some of us will sleep till he's coming back, but there is no death for us. And Jesus lives to God. Life was you. The life that you live right now, you live to God. And all the members of your body are, are, enough, uh, are, are a worship. I mean, everything you do in your life is for God. When you go to work, when you speak to someone, when you, you are doing your cooking, when you are doing the chores in your house, everything you do is an act of worship to God. So, when he rejoices in seeing you being happy. He rejoices in looking at you and see how you enjoy life, how you enjoy a sunny day, how you lay down on a beach and see the horizon and see the sunset. For him, it's an act of worship. It's like when you have your kids and you see your kids enjoying, enjoying something that you have brought from them. You have, uh, or when you take your kids on holiday and you see how relaxed and how happy they are. And as a parent, you rejoice and say, ah, they are ha you are happy because you, your kids are enjoying the things that you have provided for them. The same with God. It's the same with God. He wants us to, he wants to, re he rejoices on seeing us enjoying life, the life he has given us. I will go very quickly and because I know I... For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under love and under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under love and under grace? Certainly not. So basically it's talking about dominion of sin under love or under grace. So it says sin shall not have longer dominion over you because you are under love, because you are not under love but under grace. And the opposite is also true. If you, put your, if you put yourself on the law, sin will have dominion over you. So if you are a slave of sin, you can be a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. And 
Every time you put yourself under the law, sin will reign. Remember, every time you think that you have to perform to God to obtain His benefits and to obtain His blessings, what you're doing actually is just putting yourself under the law and sin will reign in your life. Because the more you want to obey the Ten Commandments, the worse you become. And if you do this with a, a conscious attitude or unconscious sometimes, that leads to death. Because the law is perfect but cannot make you perfect. The law is righteous but it cannot make you righteous. The law, the law cannot bend for you because it's like a mirror. It shows exactly what you are. So basically this leads to desperation and leads to death because no way you can fulfill the law. The result was lawlessness and uncleanness. When you are a slave to sin, this is the result. When you try to obey the law, when you try to obtain God's favor because of your performance, this is what happens. You become worse and worse. It yields no fruit. It's dead, basically. And the wages and the payment of this, of putting yourself under the law and try to behave and try to obtain the favor of God through your performance is dead. But if you are a slave of righteousness, under grace, his obedience reigns. When you know that you have been uh, defi defined righteous by his grace, you will start seeing his obedience operating in your heart because the Holy Spirit will give you the prompting. It will lead to the justification. You are declared innocent. Leads to righteousness and holiness without you even realizing when you... When you realize that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, when you, when you feel secure that you don't have to perform to please God because He's already pleased because you place your faith on Him, that attitude will lead you to righteousness and holiness. Produce fruit of life and godliness. And finally, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, I will compare this. I will compare this when you to a trapezoid. Have you gone to a circus? I, I, I just finished with that example. When you go to a circus and you see a trapezoid, you know the one that flies between high ropes? There is always a safety net underneath. And I'm pretty sure, and he performs very well because that is, there is this safety net under, under, under him. If they take away the safety net, I'm pretty sure he will make a mistake and it will cost his life. So grace for us is that grace is that safety net. Knowing that there is this safety net that saves us, knowing that there is this safety net that keeps us safe, will help us to perform better as, as the trapezes. We will perform much better knowing that there is no judgment impending upon us that there is no waiting for us. We will perform much better here on top because we know grace, Jesus Christ is here. Okay? And that's it, that's all I have to say. I'm sorry, I just went about, I think I did 27 minutes. Is that too far, too long? Okay, let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Fire, for giving us the chance and opportunity to know more about you and about your grace. Thank you, Lord Jesus, because I know you are working in the hearts of the people, letting them know, reminding them that they are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that as far as you are concerned, they are perfect. You see them washed with the blood of Jesus. And you can see through walls, Lord, you, Lord God Almighty, you can see 
the, the hearts of man. You can see you almighty Lord, but you cannot see through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. And you are seeing here all covered with the blood of Jesus, all perfect, all together, Lord. And they have it all together, Lord. Thank you because they are completing Christ and they will come out of this place living in that truth that they, are having, they have it all in Christ Jesus. That they are provided, they are taken care of. Wherever they go this week, you will bless them in your way, in your way out. You will bless them in their way in. You will bless them in their in their jobs, in their family settings. You will bless and make prosper whatsoever they do. In Jesus' name, Amen.